You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another fabulous episode of Dear Multi-Hyphen and I'm your host Michael Kushner and I'm so excited you're joining me for another episode of Dear Multi-Hyphen featuring Shivani Desai. Shivani is an artist from Singapore and that means these conversations in Dear Multi-Hyphen she found me on social media, that means these conversations are reaching people in a global perspective and I love that. I love knowing that, that these conversations are, are affecting people in different countries and different cities, and they're taking these ideas and putting them into their own communities, um, makes me really, really happy, because that's a part of my why, reaching people on a global perspective, so I'm, I'm really happy to know that, and if you are listening to this and you're in a different city other than New York, um, or LA, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to know where you're from. Uh, so please follow me on social media at Dear Multi Hyphenate or at The Michael Kushner and drop a, uh, a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you really like these episodes, if you, if you want more, if you're inspired by something, it really, really helps. So please rate, comment, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Um, your support means the world, but, um, you know, uh, it's, it, things have been really busy lately, and I'm excited that I'm, um, I'm excited that I'm starting my two-week release, you know, schedule again, because the summer, the summer got really busy, and my husband and I, you know, we're, uh, renovating our, our lake house, and that's been really fun, and took up a lot of time, as well as it should, because I, you know, hobbies and, and side things need to take precedence once in a while to stay a little sane. So I'm thankful for that. And we're, we're almost, we're so close to being able to sleep there. I mean, people are like, have you started sleeping there yet? Well, I'm like, no, 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 it's a construction zone. But the bathroom is almost done. The bedroom is almost done, which means we could start sleeping there. And we are so excited. Um, anyway, uh, I started teaching NYU. Um my theater business course and I love it knock on wood let's keep it that way and um you know I I love hearing my students talk about theater business when class starts I ask them what is theater business to you and love hearing their ideas and then uh you know I, I realize that theater business is is nothing other than you that's what theater business is. Theater business is you. You, listener, <laughs> it's you. Because without you and your ideas and creativity and thoughts and ways of marketing and advertisement and things like that, there is no theater business. You know, you don't have to... There's no pre oh my God, hello? There's no prerequisite to joining the theater. Anyone can join the theater, right there is you don't need a doctorate you don't need whatever you don't need a degree um anyone could join the theater and we've seen that over the years you don't even need talent right to join the theater television or film industries there are people that were on reality tv shows or are famous for this way or another and you know they've infiltrated the industries in whichever way right 
but you do need um, a specific point of view. You do need uh, smart, business-savvy ways of navigating the world. And uh, you are theater business. So I want everyone to sort of go into this audition season um, understanding that, you know, we are on strike, right? SAG-AFTRA and the right for the writers and of course but how do you stay creative during this time um, while standing in solidarity with the strike how do you keep your artist alive how do you create small businesses that live in the industry you know, that's what multi-hyphenating is, is, is understanding how to stay relevant and helpful um, to your community, to a specific community, you know, uh, and you garner an income that way because you're running a small business. So that is, you know, why multi-hyphenating is so important because, and we talk about this in this episode, Shivani and I, um, so keep that in mind, keep that in mind that that these are the times that multi-hyphenating is, is incredibly important and that theater business is you. Yeah. Where would we be without you, huh? <laughs> anyway, um, I'm really excited for you to get to listen to this episode. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Swoveralls. I love swoveralls. I'm recording in swoveralls. I photograph in swoveralls. I photograph backstage of swoveralls. And I'm one of their comfy, their comfort counselors. Um, and I get to tell you all about swoveralls. They're sweatpan overalls. And I wear them on red carpets. And I also wear them when I work. And my husband and I lounge in them. And they're just amazing. They're so functional and uh, comfortable and cute. And they're always coming out with new styles and new, you know, colors and stuff like that. So head to swoveralls.com and look at your new obsession, which is swoveralls, because it's ours. We're absolutely obsessed. Um, Anyway, moving on. Speaking of the strike before, I'm doing a strike-friendly rates. It's not even a sale. I'm just sort of, like, shifting my rates to make them strike friendly <laughs> um so head to michaelkushnerphotography.com if you're looking for headshots um with a strike friendly rate uh submit on my website and um we'll send you over the rates and then i'll see you in the studio all right let's move on to the episode Ugh, yes shivani desai is a 25 year old actor from india currently living in singapore having grown up watching bollywood cinema her interest in the arts was sparked at a young age and she has relentlessly pursued the path of making art for a living ever since now a working actor shivani has starred in short films tv shows original plays music videos documentaries and commercials while also working as a model for local magazines and making guest appearances on reality shows and podcasts apart from acting shivani also runs her own coaching business full-time born out of a desire to help actors who live not live in non-major markets who don't have access to the same business coaching that their fellow actors in la new york city or london do she transitions actors stuck in the weird 
limbo between new actor and working actor into kick-ass business-savvy actors who operate globally. Shivani's latest venture as an event developer invokes taking on the mammoth task of organizing an actor's conference in Las Vegas this November. With this, she feels like she has flourished fully into a multi-hyphenate who is no longer bound by traditional definitions of what it means to be a working professional in the creative field. To her, film and theater signify the desire to affect change, a means to living truthfully, and an unwavering commitment to the process. Apart from acting, Shivani also enjoys self-portrait photography, cooking and baking, and acrylic painting. It feels like every day we wake up to news that is painful to read. That is why Shivani believes that art is so crucial to reminding us why beauty also exists in this world. She feels so connected to her purpose when she brings people hope and comfort and smile through her work. That is why she's an actor. I think that's beautiful. So many whys, so many specific statements, and it's showing when you're specific to who you are as an artist, your work gets more powerful, more specific, and more frequent, which is pretty wonderful. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Shivani. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm well. So where are you calling from? Where are we chatting from? We are chatting from Singapore. It's almost 9 p.m. here, and I typically go to bed around 10. <laughs> so this is pushing it for me, but I'm really, really excited to be here and to speak to you. Now, what I love about this episode is that you you were one of my guests that have reached out to me to be on the show, and I love that because... First of all, that means people are listening, which is great. <laughs> and then another one is that people are listening all over the world. Like you're in Singapore. That's really cool. It is really cool indeed. I actually found out about this podcast a couple of months ago. Um, it was recommended to me by a director friend over here who's also local. So he actually grew up in New York City um, and then moved to Singapore a while ago to um make art here so he listens to your podcast and then he was like hey you're multi-hyphenate you should listen to this podcast and I absolutely freaking fell in love with it oh I'm so happy about that so now what I uh, you know you listen to the podcasts and and I like to I like to when I remember I'm here's the thing about podcast recording I really love it of course and obviously like I'm almost at my hundredth episode but like I it's not that I'm not good at it it's I forget that like I have certain like things that I do every episode like I usually open up with what is a multi-hyphenate to you but not every episode because I get so excited to talk with you and I get so excited to like start the conversation or one thing leads to another but I have to remember like it's good to have structure in podcast episodes so therefore shivani what is a multi-hyphenate to you and how do you identify as a multi-hyphenate i think at its core fundamentally being a multi-hyphenate is to me about exploration Mm -hmm. um, and not limiting yourself to one particular thing just because you feel like your natural strengths lie in that one particular thing 
Um, I knew at 16 that I wanted to be an actor. Um, and at 18, I, I started to train to be an actor. And for a long time, I thought that now that I've decided that this is my path, that that would just be my path for the rest of my life. Um, and it's only recently in the last, I would say, year and a half to two years that I'm like, hey, you know what? I don't have to just do this one thing. I, I can explore. I can dabble around. I have skills that I can play around with. And it's really in that exploration that you kind of unearth what is what are the skills that you would like to just do for fun and what are the ones that you'd like to monetize so yeah boils down to that it's just exploration and being unafraid to try new things i love that you said that um i love that you said figuring out which ones you want to do for fun and which ones you want to monetize because i think you know the multi-hyphenate and i say this a lot but the multi-hyphenate is different than being multifaceted or multi-talented or us and multitasking right Multi-hyphenating is when we have all of these explored avenues of talents, but they are cross-pollinated within each other. So our acting affects our producing, our producing affects our direction, our direction affects our acting. And you know, they and everything affects each other. So and feeds each other as well. And being multi-talented is cool, but like that doesn't mean you're multi-hyphenate. They all have to feed each other and cross-pollinate in that experience as the actor. And that's the difference to me. And and I think, you know, multi-hyphenating, and I know this isn't with you because of how you just talked to me about this word and also the, what I know about you as an artist, but you know, multi-hyphenating really is becoming a buzzword. A lot of people are identifying as multi-hyphenates just because it's like a new hot word. And when I'm like, so what makes you a multi-hyphenate? Like, how do you identify? It's it's not in the way that I love to explore multi-hyphenating. I mean, they're multi-talented and they are multifaceted. But, you know, a hobby is so important what you were just saying what what do you monetize and what do you um and what do you do for fun hobbies are just as important to the multi-hyphenate because you have to figure out what you do separately that brings you joy and doesn't require the stress of monetization you have to figure out what feeds you and also it helps you cut the fat right it like I'm an actor, photographer, producer, writer, podcaster, educator. I mean, that's sort of enough, right? <laughs> that's like, <laughs> all right. But, you know, people really, then they think they list every talent they have and it becomes dog walker, brother, um, organizer. I'm like, no, those those are beautiful skills that you might have, but doesn't necessarily mean they're part of your multi-hyphenate identity. Do you have any experience like that? Like, how did you figure out, what was your process of figuring out how you identify and the hyphens that you identify as? This is a really interesting question. I'd say the journey of this probably started about two and a half years ago. Um, this is going to take a weird dark turn really quick, but uh, I Bring it, having... baby, bring it. <laughs> bring it. So I'd actually just gotten out of a full-time teaching job. So I was working in early childhood education. Um, this was early into the pandemic. So I kind of just, the art scene over here in Singapore, we shut down early 2020 um, because of the pandemic. And Because you should have, because no... we all should have. Absolutely. So uh, there was no work for me as an actor, which kind of sucked because I was fresh out of film school. 
um, I, kept, I returned, I went to film school in London, I returned to Singapore, and I was like, heck yeah, I'm going to dip my toe into the art scene, I'm going to book acting work. Um, and then the pandemic happened. So I succumbed, I did the full time teaching job, because you got to pay the bills and everything. Um, so I did that for about a year. And, you know, I, I, I always tell my friends who are teachers that being in early childhood education is something that you can only do long term if you truly have the passion for it. It cannot be done as a survival job because it takes so much of a toll on you day to day, working with kids every day for 12 hours a day. Um, so after I quit that job, I was in a weird place mentally. I had a depressive episode. I ended up seeing a psychiatrist. And in my process of recovery, I started to play around with different hobbies. Um, so this is where I come back to your question. One of the things that I picked up that I'd never done in my life was painting. So I started to do acrylic painting. My mom's an artist, so she kind of like helped me through it. Um, I picked up a hobby that I've had since I was a child, since seven or eight years old, pick it back up, which is cooking. Really, really love to cook, always have. Um, and it comes super naturally to me, which is why growing up, my parents, my sister, they all said that, you know, I should try to kind of have a career in cooking because to them, even that was a more stable career option than being an actor. Wow. So they were like, hey, let's choose something that's equally wild, but a bit more stable. Um, but still, it's I started to dabble in all of these things. Um, I, I also started to spitball podcasting ideas with a friend tried to understand what it would take to produce a podcast so all of these things I dabbled in and I quickly realized that there were things I had a lot of fun with but I didn't have any desire to monetize them because I just wanted to do it for fun and I did not feel like it was something I could see myself doing professionally because at some point it would suck out the the childlike joy that it brought for me so when I'm in the kitchen or when I'm painting, these are things that I just do purely for fun. And cut to about two and a half years later, um, sorry, two years later, I, I start to kind of flirt around with the idea of starting my own coaching business because I found myself in a space where a lot of actors were coming to me for advice, especially actors here in Singapore, because we don't have a thriving acting business here. Mm. Um, and they were like, hey, you're doing a lot of acting work. Um, it seems like you've kind of dipped your toe in various markets because I was auditioning for projects in the US, in India, in London. And I was like, hey, maybe this could turn into a potential professional venture. Um, Again, flirted with the idea, and then I decided to invest in a business coach myself who would help me understand how to start and run a business. Um, and that's when I think I truly stepped into my identity as a multi-hyphenate because I finally saw career paths that were feeding into each other. Like you said, um, being a good actor helped me be a better coach and being a really solid business of acting coach also helped feed into my own acting career. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say July 2022 was when I started identifying as a multi-hyphenate. Well, welcome. Better late than yeah. never, I guess. That's mm -hmm. beautiful. You know, it's so funny. I, I also had a depressive episode in college and I didn't know I was having a depressive episode. And that's like, I think that's the... I don't, I mean, I, I I don't have any research in this, so I can't really like be like, but I feel like that is not, um, it, it's not a, uh, a unique experience as an artist or, um, 
I were as just a human being just to have a, mo a moment, a moment, you know, of like, but I was in college and I, you know, I've been in the industry 23 years as of this year. And I started as a child actor. And I think in the middle of college, I was growing up really, really, really fast. I had a very, very positive snow white sort of outlook in the world. Um, and in the middle of college, I sort of, you know, started seeing the world as it is and you know what I mean and um I think something inside me sort of like really shifted and I didn't know what music was I couldn't hear music it was really weird it was like um I couldn't let it affect me and I understood the concept of love but I couldn't feel it and I didn't know what trees were trees really it was really interesting it was like I had been like all of a sudden I was on planet earth again and everything was being reintroduced. Like I remember like looking at trees being like, right. Okay. Trees are, uh, they come from the ground. They have root systems. They provide us with oxygen in order for us to breathe, which is what humans do. It was really interesting. It was like, I had to rewire all while studying musical theater, right? Which was like so funny and strange to think about being like, there's nothing inside of me, but here's this Rodgers and Hammerstein song, I guess, um, <laughs> you know? And uh, you know, I would just like break down in the middle of class. But what really helped was so funny was, you know, was multi-hyphenating because, you know, I always say that multi-hyphenating is inherently pretty Jewish because there are four questions to ask yourself when um, figuring out if you have a hyphen to add, right? And it's like, I love that journey that you went on, but you know, what I try to tell people that are on the multi-hyphenate journey now, especially when they take my workshops or whatever, or privately coach with me or just read my book is there are four questions to ask. One, does that hyphen, does that proficiency bring you joy? Um, do you get paid for it? Do they cross pollinate? And do you have a paper trail? Like if I Google you or go on social media, can I, you know, can I see that you do that thing? And then I think that's when you're like, you know what, I should start identifying as that. It's okay to say that I do that. Um, and, you know, uh, the paid thing is interesting because sometimes you're in environments where you don't get paid, right? Like college, but you're still doing it. You're studying it. You're still, um, you know, you're, you're there. That's your main purpose. So maybe you're not getting paid monetarily, but you're getting paid with credits or you're getting paid with a, a diploma or you're getting paid with certain experience, whatever it is. Um, but I started to lean into multi-hyphenating, right? Yes. I was cast in the main stages, but I was the host of WICB radio hosting the best of Broadway show. And I was able to connect with my love of musical theater again. And talk about it on air and be like this next song is from the scarlet pimpernel and if you listen to these you know orchestrations they really help you know and i got to explain and remind myself why i loved it and then i was a t i was a ta i was a teaching assistant and through that really got to figure out how to communicate my love for the art form in an educational setting and help someone else love it and find out their things and then I was a get on the guest artist committee bringing artists from New York to or LA to um Ithaca so I was able to start working on um 
professional emails and communication. So there were so many ways that I was able to start getting out of my head and and onto the page. You know what I mean? Um, so multi-hyphenating is, you know, is important because I think it really, people think that multi-hyphenating is um, really sort of like you're multitasking and that's not true, or you have so many things, so many places, and it's so distracting, but that's not true. Multi-hyphenating is actually hyper-focus. Um, because in order for you to to um, to successfully complete the projects you're working on, it requires workflow. It requires schedule. It requires discipline. I got. I saw you get really excited over that. So please, yeah. To... It's you're so right about that. I I love the fact that you use the word hyper focused because currently I essentially have three jobs, right? I, I have a bunch of coaching clients. I am booked for a commercial two days from now. And I'm also working um, almost full time uh, on an events gig. So uh, Netflix is Stranger Things is like doing this immersive experience around the world. And I'm also involved in that. So it's essentially like having three jobs. So when you said hyper-focus, I was like, heck yes. It's if you don't have that focus and if you don't have that organization and the discipline to make sure that you are not over or under committing to any of those three things um you will find yourself in a space where you're dysregulated um and and you you're unable to complete tasks to the best of your ability so i think you really hit the on the head there when you said that people think it's just a mishmash of doing a little bit of everything like a tasting board but it's really not it's you have um you have very thoughtfully chosen paths that you're dedicating very intentional time and energy towards. I love that you just affirmed that so much because um, it's, you know, I have, I have post-it notes all on my desk right here. I have a very organized Google Cal. Um, you know, I have, I have my emails are specifically unread for the ones that I know I need to complete. You know, it's, it's, and something that my friend, Ashley Kate Adams, who is an incredible multi-hyphenate in the industry, um, who I co-teach with a lot. We do our multi-hype workshops together with Kimberly Faye Greenberg, and we're a great trio. I love the two of them. And um, we, uh, uh, Ashley Kate talks a lot about workflow and when you work the best. And I have noticed that I work the best when it comes to creativity and going, what is a project I need to work on and how do I get there in the early morning hours? So I have been up at seven in the morning every day for the past, this is new, for about maybe the past month and a half. And my first client is usually at 12 p.m. Um, so that gives me about five hours of editing, computer work, scheduling, five hours in the day. And that is priceless because I get, I send out all of these emails being like, Hey, I have this idea. Would love to talk to you about it, or would love to have you on my podcast. Or what are you thinking about this? Can we, whatever it is. And, um, it's just been a really great like mental playground for me in the morning because, and I also, what I do to pair that is I listen to a Broadway cast album that I don't know well. 
or where I want to, ex- where I know kind of well, and I want to explore it more. And I've been able to expand my playlist of favorite songs or songs that I want to sing. So it's just been really, you know, when I am looking out my window and I have a view of the city and a, it's just a reminder that I'm in the city that I've always wanted to be in my favorite place in the world, doing what I love. And it just feels very like protective in a, in an environment, right. In an industry that isn't very protective, that isn't by nature nurturing. Um, So, uh, you know, that's New York, but in Singapore, like, what is the community like? Like you said that the theater, that the acting business is just sort of starting to take shape, but do you, how do you what I like to call net net weave instead of network? How do you net weave? Like what what is what's that like over there? This is such an interesting question, and I'm gonna try my best to answer this without <laughs> getting all resentful, because I think a lot of times artists over here they they really do resent the way that the art scene is here. They feel stifled. Mm. They feel like they don't have avenues to explore and play around and they oftentimes just feel caged um, Mm -hmm. by the boundaries of like the geographical boundaries of just working in this country I think this is a wonderful country to live in and grow up in if you're not an artist Um, because we're a very science and tech focused economy um, which means that a lot of the times the kind of budget that is required the resources we need we don't have that Um, to really fully flourish as artists. So coming back to your question about how I netweave, it's um, doing it actively and intentionally. So I don't expect to just bump into people that I will connect to at an event, you know, Um, or if I'm just out on set, I don't expect to immediately connect with everybody that I'm on set with. I intentionally look for the kind of places where I know that artists would congregate, I go there, I hang out there, I look for very specific focused events where I know I would meet like-minded people, like quiz nights, open mic nights, um, and make sure that I use various social media platforms to reach out to people whom whom I'm interested in developing a relationship with, Mm -hmm. and I drop them personalized messages, and then I'll see if they're up to, you know, chat or grab coffee. Um, And I found that although over here, this is seen as a very unconventional, non-traditional way of connecting with people. Um, people are starting to open up to it. That's ex- that's actually how I got my first client. I didn't sell her anything. We started off as acquaintances because she asked me to grab coffee. Um, and I was like, sure. So we grabbed coffee. We It ended up turning into like a four-hour brunch. Um, we just connected on so many things. She was an acquaintance. And when I first launched my coaching program which is like a 20-week program she was the first person to text me and be like hey I want to work with you um because I know you're a fantastic person and I know we're not close but I know that we would gel together and that's just one living breathing testament of the fact that if you focus on the other person and on what they want they will eventually start to align with you don't make net weaving all about yourself um see how you can grow together (laughs) I see you're pointing at me I think it's such a common trap that we fall into right we we meet people and then we just talk about ourselves but unfortunately that's the easiest way to drive someone away from a connection and a conversation okay I'm obsessed with you um so yes I completely agree with you 100% I 
you it's so interesting right because in this industry and i have a, this why exercise we're figuring out a really pressurized way when you're in a pinch to figure out why you do what you do um and it starts with talking about yourself and it's so funny because i think we're in this weird place where we know that talking about ourselves is a thing that drives people away but you have to do it you have to learn how to do it in an intentional way that will connect the people that you want to work with you can't just like talk about yourself you have to talk about it in an active connective way and therefore you figure out the people that will be in your circle and the projects that will be in your circle you said something really really interesting and that was you got a client because you weren't selling her something and that is a principle that i try to tell every single one of my headshot clients anyone that coaches with me that when you figure out i'm getting the chills i'm obsessed with you when you figure out how to create something that is so within you that it doesn't become about selling it it just becomes about getting it out there that's when people start to buy what you're not selling <laughs> 100%. It's such a golden sales technique I was taught, which is you lean out. Mm -hmm. If you're having a sales call with someone, if you're talking to someone face to face, don't over pitch yourself, you know, don't be like, hey, here's all my materials, my headshot, my resume, my, my, my reel, give me an audition. Because people are most likely just going to end up seeing you as you're asking for something and then it turns into a transactional relationship. Whereas if you lean out and you just give them a taste like hey this is what i do and then you let them kind of have their curiosity peaked and let them kind of want to find out more about you and then they're the ones who are leaning in and you're leaning out which puts you in a position of advantage you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. There has been many a time where I... I email someone for an audition and I don't ask them for it. I say, and I share one or two sentences of why I'm perfect for this role or why I'm perfect for this project. And I just did it recently the other day. There's a project happening. I have a spiritual connection with what the piece is about. Um, and a friend of mine happens to be casting it. So I emailed them and I said, Hey, you know my my connection with this project. I would love to get seen for this. Here's updated headshot resume. Let's hang soon. And the response I got was, you know, specifics. And then we'll keep you on the radar. And that's all, you know what I mean? That's And the fact that I, one, even got a response meant that the email worked. Whether or not I even get into the room 
let's not even talk about booking it. It's about getting into the room, right? Mm -hmm. Because all of these things that we're talking about are only about getting into the room. It's not about booking. You that's when you're that's when you're this is a business podcast, right? Like it's not about your art form, right? Because you that's when you can train and do and we're all talented and wonderful and beautiful. It's about getting into the room for all of these things, because then when you get into the room, that's when you can make your magic happen. Well, you know what I'm saying? It's not about it's not it's not about what chances are you're the most talented person in the room. Or chances are you're the most talented person and the most perfect for the role. But are you in the room or not? It's about getting into the room. That's 99% of the battle. I 100% agree with that. I think we're in such a wonderful time, at least, I guess, pre-strikes, um, where self-pitching is becoming more and more normalized and accepted and welcomed. Um, a couple of years ago, people would have looked down on it and been like, no, just go through the portals. We have so many casting websites. Um, but I genuinely believe that the pandemic has shifted the industry completely. Um, it's broken so many barriers and imagined ideas of what we thought was acceptable. Very that. Um, and it's it's pushed us to kind of think beyond what we thought was possible. Um, the pandemic the pandemic is where I, I started to explore the possibility of working uh, globally, which is kind of paradoxical if you think about it, because I was there were so many travel restrictions. I was stuck in my country. There was no way that I could have traveled, but I was like, hey, no opportunities here. What, what can I do? I got to look outward. And then I started to self-pitch. Um, and I did kind of what you said, you know, I used to write those emails. I used to reach out to people via Instagram, via LinkedIn, and be like, I don't want to put any pressure on you, um, but in the event that this is a possibility, I would love to get seen for this. And so many of them were open to it because they're like, hey, you know what? We don't have one of you. We would love to see one of you. And that was such an exciting possibility. There is there is a corporate, you know, Broadway here in New York, at least, is a two billion. It's an almost two billion dollar enterprise. By nature, there is a corporate element to it. We just sort of like try not to act like there's a corporate element, but like Wicked is corporate. Wicked is corporate. It is now corporate. <laughs> um, newer shows are not so much, but there's still, you know, a business structure to these shows and these companies. And now with Netflix and Hulu and all, you know, there it is corporate. Um, but because it's show business, we like to think that it's not for some reason. Um, but it is. And you are you are allowed to reach out and ask for what you want in a corporate setting. The same thing goes for television, film, and Broadway. You're allowed to reach, you're allowed to reach out and ask for what you want. What's the worst thing that can happen? You get a no or you don't get an, an answer, or uh you don't get a um a a, a, a response, period. It's I don't think anyone when I, whenever I'm working on a project and someone finds out and emails me about it and goes, I would love to have to help or be a part of it. Um, I love that. The one thing that I look out for, and this is probably just like a me thing, but I have a lot of people 
I have a lot of people that message me. And this is where you have to be careful, my friends listening. This is where it becomes smart, like work, work smarter and not harder, right? I have a lot of people that would love to come sit in a session with me, a, a headshot session with me. And, or take me out and ask me about tips. How do I get into photography? What equipment, blah, blah, blah. And I always notice that mostly none of these people have photo, have, are my clients for, have not chosen to photograph with me. And I'm like, you, if you have not invested in me, and now why would I choose to give you priceless information over a cup of coffee why like why again why do you feel that i owe that to you for whatever reason when also on social media i provide everyone with the freest of information about headshots and stuff like that and that hurts my feel. It, it it's not even. It doesn't even like give me the ick. It just hurts my feelings because I'm like, why do you think that I would give you all this free information? Take time out of my schedule, and then you go and photograph with someone else, or you, or you take the information that I give you and establish your own company, which we're now in competition. Like there shouldn't be any competition, but like it's a small market, so it's it just is weird to me. And that's where I think you have to really pay attention to how you ask and how you email and how you ask for something. Cause it's not just about, it's not just about reaching out. It's about reaching out with, with tact. It's about reaching out with purpose. Yeah. hundred percent. I'm, this is such an important conversation to have. Um, as part of my sales funnel uh, to get clients and, and to get students, I always DM a new follower I get on Instagram. Wow. Not with the intention, yeah, not with the intention of you're going to coach with me, but with the intention of I'm also trying to build a community of actors here who identify with the struggle of living in a non-major market. So I DM them to just welcome them and 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 I ask them if you have any quick questions that I can answer, you can feel free to shoot them at me. And it's always so interesting you're so, I always make sure I, I specify quick questions and they will start to rattle up really, really complex questions that will require one-to-one -one individualized guidance. Um, and that's when like, you know, you kind of get into a sticky situation where it's like, okay, I would love to walk you through this, but you'd have to pay for a consultation in that case, because this is going to be an hour long conversation, the kind of challenge that you've just posed to me and you'd be surprised how quickly people turn away and they're like oh I thought this was free and I was like of course if you have quick questions that's free I'm not going to charge you for that but you just asked me how to make a career transition from so to so and that is not something that I can answer over an Instagram DM it's kind of wild but of course there's also the flip side of, of actors who do understand that this is a, a business at the end of the day um one of my favorite, favorite clients, he also started off this way and he asked me really complex questions over, over the DMs. And I was like, hey, um, I'm probably going to have to ask you to schedule a session with me because this is getting a lot. And he was like, okay, I don't mind doing that. And he did that. We had a two hour long consultation and he was like, I love your work. I want to join your program. So then he ended up joining the 20 week program. So 
it's such a testament to the fact that when you're open to investing in yourself and working with coaches or working with photographers, that's when you will start to see new doors open up for you and you'll start to see new possibilities. You have to be willing to invest. Well said. You have to. Um, And also, you know, Ashley Kate Adams, who I was talking about before, has a huge thing about coffee dates, coffee meetings that I actually embraced because I used to say yes to every coffee meeting because I love meeting people. I love talking with people. What I started to notice was I was giving away so much information for free. It was not a transactional thing and they didn't even wind up buying me coffee. Oh no, that's terrible. Not even a cup of coffee? God damn it. No, they. I would find them in the coffee shop sitting there with their coffee already purchased. And then they'd be like, uh, yeah, I'll be here when you're when you ordered. I'm like, aren't uh, didn't you ask me? Like it's just it's wild. So I stopped with them. So now I do hour long sessions unless it's like something that I feel, but that I can answer quickly on a DM. But I I love that you message everyone that follows you because um, that really does you know in one create. A relationship and engage but you never know what that leads to because it's like you know every monday um i do a client check-in uh with the clients that have submitted that have not yet booked or put down a, and put down a deposit so we do a check-in we go hey just checking in so great to hear from you last week um just letting you know like uh my my uh slots are booking as we get into the fall and the winter i just want to make sure you stay it we keep this on your radar as you prepare for the next audition session uh, audition season making it personal not being like hey did you think about booking yet it's like here's why i want you to book with me because you know we have to stay ready and i want to help you get ready and Sometimes people respond immediately and they're like, oh my God, Michael, this is on my to-do list. I'm so sorry. Absolutely want to book. And then sometimes it takes the third and sometimes fourth email before um, I get like a, oh, hey, Michael, you're booked too far out in advance. I went with someone else. And what is interesting about that is you didn't even ask if I could do a squeeze in or if I had any cancellations or if I could be put, cause what my, my husband and who does my scheduling, we make sure we get anyone that wants to photograph with me in. And because I am so um, honored that people want to photograph with me that I want to be there for them. And Yes, of course, there are scheduled boundaries, and I have very specific times that I photograph, but we make things work. If I wind up taking a, a third or fourth client that day, then, you know, I'll take a day off in, you know, three months the next day. I'll take a, you know what I mean? Like, we'll make it work. And um, yeah, and you should always ask questions. You should always be like, Oh, I'm not seeing any dates that are that work here for me. Are there any others mm-hmm. or a wait list? Or yeah, you know what I mean? Or like, hey, the 20 week, I don't know how your 20 week program is, and I'd love for you to share that with us. But um, mm-hmm. but like, hey, 20 weeks is a big commitment. Do you have anything smaller? As opposed to them just saying, like, no. So how do you work with clients like that? What is your 20 week um 
uh, experience like? And how can, you know, my listeners that are listening to this podcast work with you? I'd love to answer that question. Before that, I just want to get into what, what you talked about, the fact that, you know, you have to be willing to ask questions instead of making assumptions. Yeah. Because that is when you will really find yourself in a sticky spot because I am on the same page as you when you said that you will make it work because you're honored that people want to work with you. I'm the same way. I just two months ago, um, I had a client based in San Diego who was like, hey, I really want to work with you. But you told me that that, you know, you're kind of maxed out right now because I had like 10 one to one clients at the time. So it's like I was meeting 10 people a week. It was a lot. And she was like, so what can we do to make it work? Because your your slots are booked out. And I told her, you know what? We'll make it work. And I ended up taking my coaching calls with her in the middle of the night because she's based in San Diego and the time difference. And I had friends saying, you know, you're overextending yourself. But it's once again, falling back on the principle of, of I'm honored that people want to work with me. And if I have a midnight coaching session with her, I will just take the day off tomorrow, like the next day after that to recover and recuperate from it. And I'll find a way to make it work for myself. Um, so the fact that that girl didn't make an assumption and she was like, how can we make this work? Instead of just being like, I'm off, toodaloo. Um, I love the fact that she did that. And bringing it back to photography, I did the same thing with my headshot photographer last year. Um, I flew down to Los Angeles to get my headshots taken. And this is a really, really popular headshot photographer who gets booked out like two to three months in advance. And she was booked out and she hadn't really slots for the particular day that I could be squeezing in time for a headshot session. So I DM'd her and I was like, hey, I'm flying from halfway across the world to shoot with you. Um, is there any chance that we can make it work? And she opened up the slot just for me. Yeah. Asked a question, received it. Yeah. So I think, again, a very, very important addition to this conversation about constantly having curiosity, not making assumptions, asking questions and being open to having conversation. And also making it worthwhile for you. It's like, yeah, your work, you, you, I can't believe you that it's amazing that you took middle of the night shoots, but it's like, if I have to squeeze someone in, I will be honest and be like, just letting you like, if it's a real squeeze in, like if it's like a, hey, I'm only in town for 48 hours next week or this week and I really want to photograph with you, I'll say, I'll make it work, but I do have a squeeze in fee. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'll just, I'll I'll make it worth all of our whiles and where it's not like I'm just completely giving into this, but I do have a squeeze in fee, especially if I have to reschedule something, like if I had a meeting that morning, so, you know, it's it's worth the conversation. But again, I want to know more about the 20-week program and about how we can work with you. For sure. So I specialize in working with actors who are based in non-major markets. So outside of Los Angeles, New York, and London, um, as well as Mumbai, because I think that's also ballooned into a huge industry now. Um, and what I do is I take them through a four-step process in my coaching program called the Full-Time Acting accelerator Mm. so although that's the name of the program it's it's not that you're gonna become a full-time actor in 20 weeks but the idea is to put you on the path to doing that if that is what you wish to do and and if you want to get rid of the side hustles that are kind of bogging you down and not providing you the kind of fulfillment that you want 
Um, so we start with something called um, mindset work. That's the first step because I genuinely do believe that mindset is 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 the key to having a sustainable, healthy, healthy acting career. Um, I I focus more on scientific based mindset work rather than spiritual because I'm a bit more logical and practical myself. Um, and then I take them into networking. So the different ways of how to network or net weave. I'm going to steal that term from you now. And how are the different, like what, what are the different modalities that you can use to network? Doing it online, doing it offline, which, which are the platforms to explore? Um, and then I teach them asset utilization, which is just a fancy term for saying, how can you use your existing skill set um, to build multiple income funnels to have at least mm -hmm. three at all times so that in the event that either one of them falls through you're not out of an income for that month mm -hmm. um for instance in the event that you know this is the first time where um the writers guild and and and, and the and the actors union is striking at the same time um a lot of my clients were like hey like the acting work's not coming in anymore i have my two other income funnels so right. things have been okay which is wonderful to hear because you don't want to be in a place of scarcity. Um, and then in our very last step of the program, I start to teach them how to become a global actor and how to reach beyond the region where you're located for real acting work. So this is where we go into things like creating your own reel when you don't have professional footage, doing casting profile optimization, auditioning internationally, doing press, marketing, publicity, um, and finally, in the last step, I teach them how to get an agent or manager internationally overseas in various markets. That is incredible. I mean, that is talk yeah. about talk about a pitch like you like th this is what I want all my clients and all my uh, friends and 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 listeners to understand. It's like there's so much there but you're so concise with what you're pitching and there's a beginning, middle and end. Everything that we do has to have a story. And I, and I, what's so great about it is again, what you said, this is what you do, you, but you made it about me. So the whole time I'm listening, thinking about how I can be a part of this, how, wow. Okay. Well, if I, and if I'm a client, what can I get out of it and how can I, be a better artist that way and that's what productive business creating needs to be and that's how we need to be as actors when we walk into a room hey i'm performing but it's about you hey i'm the photographer but it's about you hey i'm the one talking about and i'm the one talking in this podcast but it's about you it's about the listener it's about what they're going to get out of it um, and while I talk a lot, of course, they could talk a lot. Um, I only really say things that are uh, that are uh, in relation to the lesson, in relation to the story that's being told. I don't just talk, but I think you, what you just said is amazing, and it's it's um, efficient, and it's thought out, and. That's just, it's so beautiful. And I hope that um, people listening contact you. And I hope that um, you're way, you're just way too busy and overwhelmed as we, you know what I mean? Cause that's, you know, that's, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a good thing to be able to be like, Hey, I actually, I can't make that work. Are there other options that we can look at? Because 
I think that means things are going sort of well, which is great. Yeah, for sure. That is so sweet of you to say thank you so very much. And I and I and I absolutely hope and pray and wish for the same for you too. Thank you. Um, I do I do hope that that you know um that I'm able to kind of like what's the word that I'm trying to look for? Um spread my feelers and get clients in even more markets around the world. Um currently I have clients in in the UK, in various markets in in, in the US, a couple in Canada, and now I'm starting to get some in Spain as well, which is very exciting for me because then now I know that the stuff that I'm doing is working because it's reaching people outside of the country that I live in. Um, and that's really what I want to do is make a change um, on a more massive level. And that's and that's exactly what you said. That's part of your your why, your thesis statement, your, you know, and it's happening, which means it's working. And that's what I want everyone to understand. It's when you are specific, when you are specific, when you are specific, it works. It works and and it's really interesting. People do not want to believe it because it requires more work on their part, but the work will last and it will get easier. So please, if you are listening to this episode, be specific about what you want, who you want to affect, how you want to affect them. You have to have these conversations with yourself because then just like Shivani, you start to you start to affect people on a global perspective and that's pretty freaking cool. Thank you for saying that. That that really warms my heart. I just felt my heart like kind of glow a little bit. I love that. That's what I love to hear. Shivani, you, <laughs> you are amazing. And I could talk to you honestly for hours and hours and hours, but I'm going to let you go to bed. I'm going to wake up because it's morning here and it's bedtime for you, which I think is really kind of crazy and cool. But um <laughs> Where can we find you on social media? Best place to find me is on Instagram. My handle is it's Shivani Desai. So that's I-T-S-S-H-I-V-A-N-I-D-E-S-A-I. Um, or you can also look me up on LinkedIn. I'm there by same full name. Amazing. You are incredible. Thank you all for listening to this episode. And as always, please rate, comment, subscribe. Tell your friends, your family, all of that good stuff. And um, please follow on Instagram at Dear Multi Hyphenate or at the Michael Kushner. And again, if you want a, uh, a certain guest on the podcast, email me, contact me. Or if you want to be on the podcast, email me, contact me. That's what Shivani did, and it worked. Look at that. Anyway, go forth, be even, conquer, whatever that line is. Bye. <laughs>